everyone. I want to talk more about how I, as a child, um, used all of what is called my spiritual gifts and my all of my preaching styles to help me to overcome what you've known I overcome and just to overcome in general. So let's talk about styles of preaching. Um, and I'm using religious language because this is how I need to talk when I was five when it came to uh, biblical um, requirements for living. So throughout the history of the church, preachers like five-year-old me have developed different styles of proclaiming what the church calls the word. These styles of preaching are often related to the hermeneutics of the preacher, like five-year-old me. Broadly speaking, the preacher, like five-year-old me, approaches the task of speaking with one of three starting points. The first three starting points is the Bible, as you know. That's how I grew up at five. Um, the preacher, like five-year-old me, approaches the text with the question, what does it say? Sermons that fall into this general category are evangelistic preaching, expository, so on and so forth. So, I was quite sermonic as a, as a child at times. Um, I wasn't always able to preach even spiritual gifts because of the oppression. But when I did have that freedom, I did preach use my spiritual gifts when I was five. So this is what I want to say and need to say. Five child five child Antonio does evangelistic preaching, which makes five-year-old Antonio an evangelistic preacher. So here is how five-year-old Antonio thought of evangelistic preaching. Evangelistic preaching aims at producing a response, specifically by preaching of the gospel and emphasizing sinful condition of each person to hear recognize the need for repentance and confession of Jesus Christ, Lord, faith. So that was my five-year-old mentality. Um, five-year-old Antonio does expository preaching, which makes five-year-old Antonio an expository preacher. This is how five-year-old Antonio defines um, expository preaching. Expository preaching is based on the grammatical, historical, theological method. Such sermons may be drawn from a verse or a passage, or they may develop a biblical topic for Christian doctrine. Um, five-year-old Antonio does narrative preaching, which makes five-year-old Antonio a narrative preacher. This is how five-year-old Antonio defines narrative preaching. In recent years, the paradigm shift from a rationalistic worldview to a world in motion has shifted attention in biblical studies 
and preaching away from propositional statements to story. Narrative preaching draws on the scripture as story seeks to communicate through the form of story. Five-year-old Antonio does prophetic preaching, which makes five-year-old Antonio a prophetic preacher. This is how five-year-old Antonio defines prophetic preaching. Prophetic preaching condemns particularities and affirms general generalities. Again, prophetic preaching condemns particularities and affirms generalities. It points to those values and hopes that are consistent with the reign of God and calls people to live by those values. Five-year-old Antonio does textual preaching, which makes five-year-old Antonio a textual preacher. This is how five-year-old Antonio defines textual preaching. Textual preaching is more than making a comment or two on a text. Textual preaching, in contrast to expository preaching, focuses on the thematic unity of a biblical passage, challenging the preacher to seek the text's central truth, which is something I did quite often at that time. Uh, five-year-old Antonio does catechetical preaching. Yeah. It's funny, tongue twisters during a recording of a podcast. Um, five-year-old Antonio does catechetical preaching, which makes five-year-old Antonio a catechetical preacher. Catechetical preaching or preaching sermons based on the consecutive, quote-unquote, Lord's Days of the Heidelberg Catechism is a centuries-old tradition among Reformed churches and historical roots in the Calvinistic Reformation of 16th century Northern Europe. Northern Europe. Uh, five-year-old Antonio does doctrinal preaching, uh, which makes five-year-old Antonio a doctrinal preacher. And this is how five-year-old Antonio defines doctrinal preaching. Doctrinal preaching teaches and builds up the body of faith through a deeper knowledge of God. Um, okay. Five-year-old Antonio does African-American preaching, which makes five-year-old Antonio an African-American preacher. Um, This is how five-year-old Antonio defines African-American preaching. African-American preaching arises out of the cultural and religious experience of the oppressed. It reaches people in their dislocation and relocates them in God and in the promise of a brighter future. Um, five-year-old Antonio does confessional preaching, which makes five-year-old Antonio a confessional preacher. This is how five-year-old Antonio defines confessional preaching. Confessional preaching arises out of the situation of the preacher. It builds on a personal experience, a matter of struggle, a triumph. It thereby connects with the lives of the hearers and draws them into the word of God for their own situations. Five-year-old Antonio does contextual preaching, which makes five-year-old Antonio a contextual preacher. This is is how five-year-old Antonio defines contextual preaching. 
Contextual preaching declares the word of God in the context of the social, political, moral, and economic life situations of the listeners. It hears and proclaims the word for the immediate context of the congregation. Um, five-year-old Antonio does life situational preaching, which makes five-year-old Antonio a life situational preacher. Uh, this is how five-year-old Antonio defines life situational preaching. Life situational preaching has as its starting point the personal concerns of its audience. It seeks to bring the hearer into the word of God by making connections between scripture and the hurts and issues of life. Okay, five-year-old Antonio does progressive emotive preaching, which makes five-year-old Antonio a progressive emotive preacher. This is how five-year-old Antonio defines progressive emotive preaching. Progressive emotive sermons are generally classified either by their relationship to source material, topical textual expository, or by the method of their argument, inductive, deductive, dialogic. The progressive emotive sermon, however, is defined by its intended impact on the listener. Or dialogic, if you could say that. The progressive emotive sermon, however, is defined by its intended impact on the person. And five-year-old Antonio does topical preaching which makes five-year-old Antonio a topical preacher. This is how five-year-old Antonio defines topical preaching. This is probably the most common method in evangelical churches today. Instead of sticking to a certain book or section in the book of the Bible, it remains true to a topic or subject within the Bible. In other words, the preaching is done with several texts throughout the Bible. This method requires the people to jump around quite a bit throughout the preaching in order to keep up. Generally, for the sake of time, preachers tend not to provide contexts for the passages, which can be tempting to a preacher to add their own ideas to the passage or exegete the text. It has been said that when preaching topically, it is helpful to have the passages in a handout or on a large presentation screen. Here are some methods, here are some reasons why this method is favorable. The ability to trace a theme through multiple books of the Bible showing the consistency of scripture, the ability to preach with multiple perspectives and avoid the common error of reductionism, which is looking only at what one section of scripture says on the issue rather than at all that the Bible says on an issue, the ability to address most thoroughly questions and controversies that arise, the ability to select the most appropriate verses from scripture on a given topic. And all of these methods of all these styles of preaching in the mind of Bible Antonio can all be used effectively in the pulpit and in the public and general preaching platform, you know. And that they're all in the mind of Bible Antonio are orderly because of their effectiveness in empowering the hearers based on God's understandings of the power of God's word. Namely, the further you get 
from scripture and how the scripture is giving the lesser the power. Hopefully this clears up some of the confusion that people have towards which styles of preaching are which and why. It also helps some of us understand when certain methods are better, when certain methods are better to use at different times. So of course I, I use educated language and you can have, even their children use educated language. But what I wanted to emphasize is yes, I was doing all these types of preachings and all these types of styles of preaching when I was a child, not just five, but older than five, even after I overcame the impression, I was still doing all these types of preaching. And there are times, you know, when I look back on that part of my life, I'm just thankful that my grandma gave me something harmless to help me through the pain of what y'all already know that I've podcasted about. So, I'm just, another thing that I was, was doing, um, at that time was what really sustained me as a child was, um, Mysteries of the Bible. Um, I used to watch that all the time. I would go home from church and watch that. I think it was on History Channel, I believe. That sustained me. The memories of my grandma Clara and her uh, her teachings that were obviously Jesus inspired. That was the biggest sustainer of my life at that time. Uh, obviously the Bible. Grew up in church, right? So, obviously the Bible. Um, I would say singing in the singing in the children's choir at church, that sustained me. Um, helping out with ministries in church, especially hospitality ministry, and at times leading worship, there are times where I walk through the door and they would have me either do or either testify testimonies or lead in song. So that sustained me. Um, you know, I had a way of preaching that wasn't the norm. What that means is I had a way of doing it that it wasn't super in your face but I had a way of doing it that I did not rely on a lot of religious language to proclaim Jesus I tended to preach through my behavior I tended to preach through my my lifestyle and how I treated myself, how I treat other people. I wasn't the typical preacher where, you know, you spend a lot of time in the pulpit or you spend a lot of time in church as your primary preaching place. You know, I'm not disrespecting those, that's what they do. That just was never my style of preaching. My style of preaching was my 
even kill, laid back, easygoing demeanor. It showed through my comedy. It showed through my smiles, my joke telling. It showed through my comforting um, the afflicted. Um, it in the way I comfort the afflicted was I didn't speak until they spoke. And I didn't give any scriptures or any, um, at, or any Christianese or theological platitudes. I didn't do any of those things. I would just say, hey, I'm with you. I'm healing with you. And I'm going to do my best to understand what you're going through, even if I fully can't. I'm still gonna at least try anyway. So I had a way of doing it that wasn't very common. So yeah, did a lot of people figure I was a Christian? They did. I just, I was never one of those, you know, super out there with it. I had a clever way of communicating it, but I would, I would hardly ever use religious language. Now, once they asked me, I was a Christian, then I would go, yes. That's when I would use a religious language a little bit. But I had a way of preaching that it it wasn't the type of preaching where a non-believer, unbeliever hear it and, and immediately they feel tri- negatively triggered. That was that wasn't me. I had a way of doing it where people would bring to me, you know, their concerns and even questions or research and I would say hey I, I share your doubts I share your skepticism and they would mention certain things about church that really hurt and I would say you know they're hypocrites they're snakes they're whitewashed tombs you know and I'll explain what those words mean and the unbelievers non-believers really appreciated it so that those are examples of how was I preaching yes did i do it in a oh my god one of those holy rollers oh no i had a way of telling people i was christian without directly stating it it was indirect through my decisions and it was indirect through my hearing people out and being a non-judgmental safe and I was never phobic towards anybody. Um, I was never hateful towards anybody. Um, me and atheists had the best of times. Me and Muslims had the best of times. Those who practiced Judaism as their religion, we had the best of times. Those who were Buddhists, we had the best of times. Those who were agnostics, we had the best of times. Those who were Hindus, we had the best of times. Those who you know, value Confucianism, we had the best of times. Those who were pagan, we had the best of times. You know, earth-centered people, we had the best of times. Um, those who were deists, we had the best of times. So, I was never tribalistic or elitist when I called myself a Christian back then. At the same time, I just had a feeling that there should be a way of preaching without easily running off believers and non-believers. 
So that's what I did then. That was my style of uncompromising God. And I I was more concerned with interpreting Jesus correctly more than interpreting the Bible correctly. Because if I got the Bible wrong, I'm likely got Jesus wrong. That's how I was feeling back then. And so some people preach in ways that are considered unusual by the church. The church tends to be more in your face with directly stating what they believe, what they don't believe. While I always had a feeling that unbelievers and non-believers, a lot of them would um, be startled by that and I did not want to contribute to that so I said okay let me give them God without a us versus them attached to it so I was like let me do it discreetly um, let me do it in a way where I don't pretend that I don't struggle with the same things they struggle um, and that's how I did it um, I remember I had a way of doing Christian comedy that even a lot of non-believers, non-believers found funny. I wasn't rude. I wasn't mean. I wasn't mean or evil. I just had a way of doing it that they could relate to. And so, yeah, I was a Christian comedian. I was just not the typical Christian comedian because I could talk about church in funny ways that I wasn't I wasn't bashing I would just point out things and they would start laughing so I had a way of you know I had a way of being I would do Christian rap but it, I, I wasn't super doctrinal about it I would just rap in a way that non-believers unbelievers were amazed pleasantly is that a way of going um because sometimes they they like to rap and they're like so Antonio can you put the church in a rap because I could because I was trying to rap I could rap about stuff uh to the best of my ability but then they would say hey put the church in a rap so I had a way of doing it that wasn't super preachy or churchy it, it could be you know I talked about me like, I remember saying along the lines of, like, I'm not here. I, I, basically, I had a way of saying, I'm not your average Christian, and how unbelievers, non-believers like me, and I would put that in the form of freestyle, and, and it was, and they loved it, because it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't fundamentalist directly but I was talking about Christ's likeness in a universal way I was even doing it back then and um, I could do Christian singing but it wasn't your typical Christian singing it was putting church in song and uh, I believe them believe they liked it I just did it in a way that I wasn't, you know, 
I wasn't what people used to a Christian thing where they use a lot of religious language. I would mention the church, but that may have been the only religious language I used. I had a way of putting the church in without doing it. So I did that when it came to being a Christian poet. I was like a off the top of your head Christian poet. Um, I did that with Christian dancing. But again, I had a way of doing it that was very clever. You couldn't automatically tell it was Christian until people pointed it out to me first. The only time I ever brought up religious language was when people brought it up first. Other than that, I wasn't going to mention. So I was that way when it came to, you know, Christian miming. It could be, you know, Even, you know, Christian hospitality, I just had a way of doing it that you couldn't automatically tell it was Christian. You, you, you knew you liked it. You knew you appreciated it. But some that they able to figure it out. And at first, I would respond carefully. I would say, Actually, if I was a Christian at the time, I would go, I'm not the norm. I mean, yeah, I'm in church world, but I'm not the norm. That was my response. And they wanted to know more about that. I said, you know, I'm just not preachy or churchy. You know, I don't want to scare people. Um, but, you know, this is how I was brought up. But, you know, I'm just like y'all. I have the same issues, the same pain, the same questions, and there are aspects of, you know, the Bible that I'm, I'm wrestling with. And I was just honest, and I believe, I believe they appreciated it. And um, that's what it was like for me back then. So I'm just saying that's how I was Christian back then. And I didn't do a lot of inviting people to church because I was so busy bringing church to people. That was my style. I'm like, I don't want to try to convince you to come to a building. I want to bring the concept of church to you without being a Pharisee about it, without being a Sadducee about it without being a teacher of the law about it, without being a scene about it, without being a Herodian about it, and without being a zealot about it. I was like, let me do it from a universality perspective. That makes this as a childhood. And um, of course, when it came to believers and theists, I was deaf. I did use a lot of religious language and I would use the Bible. And when I was doing Christian rapping or singing or Christian comedy, I did use a lot of religious language because I spoke their language. And with non believers, non believers, I spoke their language too. It depended on my audience. With believers, I used a lot of religious language. Non believers, non believers, little to no religious language, usually no religious language. 
but I was always preaching. And so that's what I want to communicate about. Now you understand more how I was able to heal. So thank you for hearing me out.